0: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. the poster said.
1: See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because
0: nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13.
0: First and goal from the five. Give the McCaffrey. Trying to get around the right side. He does. McCaffrey leaps. And zone. Oh. Touch. Put- Barkley again. Barkley, 15, 10, 5, touchdown Giants. Will Burrow gets it to edwards air again, and he's in. Touchdown, LSU.
1: Welcome to the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast, where we provide you with your weekly diagnosis of everything fantasy football. Whether it's season-long leagues, dynasty, DFS, or even IDP, we got you covered all season long. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get to it. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast. Once again, I'm your host, John June. And of course I got my, my co host with me, my guy, Greg peniman Greg, what is good, man?
0: Yo, what's going on? What's going on, people, you know, getting through this uh Rona situation, getting crazy with all these opt outs, but you know, we we gotta fight through, we gotta rise above it and, and get these chips.
1: Yes, sir. I mean, yeah, man, this is crazy. If you if you if you haven't heard, you haven't been paying attention, um then you know you'll you'll well we'll, obviously we got you covered so we'll tell you about that but the nfl has the reserve covid list where uh players that have either tested positive or have been in contact with somebody with that's a known positive and are therefore quarantining for 14 days they will end up uh, on this reserve covid list uh, and they're on there for greg what is the timeline on that
0: so yeah you're on that ir for three weeks if you do test positive during the season um yeah, and then you have to get uh, three straight negative tests in order to to come back into action.
1: Yeah, so, you know, very uh, strict testing there. Um, and some just, you know, some prominent players that, uh, you know, you may have heard us talk about. We may talk about today or, um, you know, talk about in future episodes. But some guys that have ended up on that list. And again, we don't know if they tested positive. They could have just been you know, around somebody that w- was positive, or, and you know, maybe true, true. having to quarantine. So um, we don't know all the whole story. So we'll have to find out as these guys start coming back. But Keyshawn Vaughn, running rookie running back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Justin Jefferson, rookie wide receiver for the Minnesota Vikings. Um, Kenny Galladay, star Great. wide receiver for the Detroit Lions. T.J. Hawkinson, second-year tight end for the Detroit Lions. Jay Sternberger, second-year tight end for the Green Bay Packers. Um, for all my kicker people out there, Mason Crosby, the Green Bay <laughs> Packers kicker, um, <clears throat> Devontae Booker, the Raiders, I didn't catch that one, uh, running back for the Raiders. And then Matthew Stafford, the Detroit Lions quarterback. Um, yeah. so, you know, those guys are on there. Uh, it seems that looking at the dates here, uh, the, the latest guy to go on it was Stafford. So he'll come off the latest. Uh, that'll be August 18th ish. Um, and if you, you know, the summer, you know, right now guys reporting to training camp, uh, reporting to workouts, they're going to be working out for these next three weeks, uh, two weeks before they even hit pads. So Matthew Stafford's expected to make it back for the padded practice. Obviously we don't know what his health situation is or will be when he gets back. So, um, we'll have to have to monitor that situation. And then obviously we've had the opt-outs as well. Um, you know, players, have been granted the opportunity to opt out for the season if they felt that it was unsafe to play um and so you know they could have well there's two opt outs you can either opt out because you know you feel like it's unsafe and you you know you'd rather not risk it um so those players contracts for from all my dynasty people out there those players contracts will get put on pause essentially um so they will come back the next year under their current contract for 2020 Uh, So it just gets pushed to 2021 and 2022 and so on. So and then you could also opt out for health reasons as well. If you had a pre a pre existing health condition, um, you know, so then you could opt out. Uh, One guy that didn't have that didn't fit either of these criterias, um, but that's uh, Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, the the right guard or the guard for the, the Kansas City Chiefs. He's actually choosing to opt out because he wants to, he's a doctor. Um, and so he wants to help. Wow. He'd rather, if he, if he's going to be at, put himself at risk, he'd rather, um, help, p- you know, coronavirus patients as opposed to, to risking himself on a football field.
0: And, so, and big ups um, to him.
1: yeah, big ups to him for sure. Um, other guys that have opted out, <clears throat> um, you know, fantasy, fantasy relevant people. Um, Devin Funchess, not sure he was really fantasy relevant. <laughs> um, But (laughs) Marquise Goodwin also opted out. Uh, Marquise Lee the Patriots also opted out. Um, But the big one, the big news that, you know, basically turned fantasy community upside down uh, earlier in the week, that was Damian Williams running back for the Kansas City Chiefs. So, obviously, that's going to have an impact there on rookie running back Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I know Greg is winking at DeAndre Washington. Oh, yeah. uh, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yes sir. Um so so Greg, what's your take on on I guess we'll, we'll talk about today's the running back breakdown show. Uh we haven't mentioned that part. Very important. Yes sir. Uh, obviously we did quarterbacks last week, so you're going to have to wa- want to go back and listen to that one. Um but we're going to talk about I'm sure we'll talk about Edwards-Hilaire. but Greg, how are you um how are you handling this situation or how would you hope that your commissioner uh, <clears throat> commissioner handles these situations
0: <laughs> um so you know i think uh it's gonna be definitely a new year for all of us we're all gonna have to adjust um throughout the season i think players that are you know got to be very active if you're gonna have to pay attention to the waiver wire this year it's probably the one year where you're gonna have to like maybe stick deep and get some players know some rosters um be able to pick up those players so i think FAB budget has got to be a thing to keep it fair for the the players in, in your mm-hmm. league. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, so especially for uh, maybe uh, maybe a time kind of restraint on when those waivers become available for the free agents after the FAB. So maybe like a, a 10 o'clock or something like that. I think that changing that time would be important. Uh, also, IR spots, I think, you know, more of those spots should be available uh, so usually leagues go with one or at least two. Uh, I think maybe that could be considered be bumped up to maybe a three or four type number this year. So uh, it's just, we just all have to adjust. Commissioners have to adjust. Uh, the fantasy players have to adjust. Uh, yeah, we'll, ha- we'll have to get through it. But you know, I, I believe that we can, um, and I believe that we'll still be able to push through and get an NFL season.
1: Yeah, I mean, I yeah, that's a great point about the Fab because um, you know we we all have that person in our league that. You know, has you know, more is more accessible to a phone mm-hmm. than the rest of us, or more accessible to their computer, or maybe their job allows them to sit at their computer all day, and so they're just getting used and making transactions.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so, you know, that would be unfair to the rest of the league. So, I know some ideas I've been I've, I've heard is making, uh, making it a daily fab, so you know, the fabs are just running every day. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, maybe you turn it off on like on Sunday or something, uh, after a certain time just so you know, people can, can make those last minute transactions or something like that. But I think that's a that's a good approach right there. Um and then the IR spots, yeah. I mean I think you know, you're definitely gonna have to up your IR spots. I've also uh one idea that's been floated around is you just you you put it at the max and you just run it on the honor system, you know, like like, hey, we're we're only gonna use these spots for um for COVID, for people that end up on this COVID reserve list. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's another option as well. But yeah, you know, like we talked about in the, the draft tips episode, we got to adjust, man. That's all we got to do. Right. We're like, you know, we're no different than the guys on the field, right? We have to adapt. We have to adjust, um, you know, and and just press forward, man. And just win these chips. That's that's all we, that's all we have
0: to do. Yep. Yeah, you know, there'll be people out there that are, you are going to give up and stuff. But if you push through, that gives you an advantage right there to keep going and probably possibly get a playoff spot and make that run.
1: Absolutely, man. Was, look, man, it's making the playoffs is, is easy because as long as you're listening to us and you're doing the right things and you're paying attention, like, you can fall into the playoffs. It's yep. winning the championship that's hard. Yep. Um. So, you know, like, you just – Continue to power forward, press through it, and you know build the best roster that you can. Uh, Greg, is you know is COVID changing how you draft? Is it changing how you approach this season? Uh, initially, uh,
0: it you know, that definitely was, especially because you know early reportings about. Uh, you know can you be able to get the virus twice uh so like a person like Zeke who had it earlier uh, a couple months ago um coming in like all right take Zeke number 1 he got the the rona already he, he's not about to get it twice so he's <laughs> safe for at, for at least you know another 16 games but uh new new studies and new reports are coming out that you know the the shelf life the half life of uh these antibodies for the coronavirus um may run out so there could be a possible chance of getting it again um so You know, you got to adjust to that as well. So maybe a person like Zeke can also still get it. And so everyone's fair game at this point. So uh, I think, you know, you still have to go into approaching how you feel about the player, how you think they'll perform um, on the field.
1: Yeah, I mean we're not doctors, but we are scientists. We are yes, so right. <laughs> we can speak about we can speak about studies and, and antibodies and things like that. But um, that's a really good point because I thought Zeke was the safest the safest as you could get in yep. uh, in fantasy at this point. But um, yeah, I think for me, I look at those teams that have experienced like minimal change, right? Like in an off season like this, where there's going to be no training camp. Um, you know, there's going to be limited no preseason, um, you know, limited padded practices. I'm looking to those teams like the Chiefs or this or the Niners or or um you know, even the team like like uh
0: now Baltimore like, maybe. yeah.
1: Baltimore maybe yeah. teams that have experienced as little change as possible, mm-hmm. right? Like the quarterback's the same, the head coach is the same. Like you look at a team like the Chiefs, they have all of their and it's rare for a Super Bowl winning team, but they have all of their assistants coming back. Um, they've got all of their players coming back, so Ready, a team right. like that, like I'm gonna just, you know, I'm I'm probably gonna, you know, that's probably gonna be a tiebreaker for me, you know, because they're not experiencing as much change. Like a team like the Texans, like they experience some change in terms of personnel, but you know, Deshaun Watson, he's not experiencing that much change himself, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so you know, it's not like he's learning a new offense or getting acclimated to totally different weapons. Um, so it might change something like that for me and, 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 you know, maybe I'll try to go safer, you know, i we always say this, go safer in those first few rounds, but, um, maybe I'll try to hit some, hit on some upside in the later rounds, just, you know, just try to, uh, hit some home runs later.
0: Yeah. And you were talking about earlier, brought up a good point, uh, like in conversation, like rookies definitely might get hit a little bit, uh, from yeah. this, um, you know. Cause their only you know time of action is just really learning the playbook, uh, but they don't really get to get reps with their you know their quarterback and uh, the other players and trying to prove themselves, especially for you know mid round rookies, uh, trying to get playing time and stuff like that. Yeah,
1: I mean um, you know we haven't gotten to the wide receiver show, but some of one of the guys that I think about when we talk about this is Brandon Ayuk. Um, I know he's getting a lot of pub, a lot of love. Um, You know, I just want to pump the brakes a little bit, Mm -hmm. um, just a little bit. Um, you know, I think I talked to you about this, but the guy I'm really looking at in that situation, you know, because of the Debo Samuel injury, um, and because of, you know, all the change that's being experienced is George Kittle. Right. Um, so, you know, think about it that way. Think about who it affects. Um, one of the guys I'm not concerned about my breakout quarterback, Joe Burrow. Uh, I put this up on Twitter, but this is a guy that known, he's known he was going to be a Bengal since February. You know, no rookie could say that they've known what their team was since mm-hmm. February and uh, the, the NFL teams had weekly FaceTime calls with prospects. The Bengals met with Joe Burrow every week. They maxed out their time with Joe Burrow every week since basically the combine to the draft. And so, and it was reported even then that they were, you know, giving him little stuff about the the Bengals offense. And he was so he's been slowly learning it since February.
0: Nice. nice.
1: Yeah. So a guy like him, I'm not really concerned about. I mean, he's got vets in AJ Green and, and Tyler Boyd, mm-hmm. um, who know the offense. So, um, and at the end of the day, they're not going to play somebody else,
0: right? <laughs> <No. laughs> so, a new quarterback walked to walk that door. So, yeah.
1: No, he's got that rushing upside too. So, I think that that adds some safety to him as well. But you know what, man? Enough about all this. Let's just jump right into the show, yes, man. Sir. Running back, the running back breakdown. Obviously we talked about the quarterback breakdown. If you want to go listen to that one, go back to the archives, last week's episode and listen to that. But today we're covering our top our t- we're going to discuss our top 3s, we're going to reveal our top 8 running backs for the year. Uh we're going to talk about our busts, our sleepers, our breakouts and then the new segment which we debuted last week our rider dies. Um but you know, let's just recap the 12 the top 12 in total points from 2019. Uh, so everyone can refresh their memories real quick. And So number one was Christian McCaffrey. Number two, Aaron Jones. Three, Dalvin Cook. Four, Derrick Henry. Five, Ezekiel Elliott. Six, Nick Chubb. Seven, Mark Ingram. Eight, Austin Eckler. Nine, Chris Carson. Ten, Leonard Fournette. Todd Gurley was 11. And then 12 was Saquon Barkley. That was the top 12 in in total points for half PPR scoring. So, so Greg, number one, man, that's CMC, right?
0: Oh, man, you already know. This is CMC, man. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, it's, it's We so we can move on, right? There's like there's not there's like what else to we have to say about this guy honestly, like
0: <laughs> I, I I don't. I mean, we could, we can go the whole episode honestly and talk about him if you really wanted to or we can just, you know, keep going to what All I got to say is this man finished with 123 more points than the next running back on that list. That's all I have to That's say on That's crazy. Okay, right,
1: So, look. What he did last year is crazy. You know, if you were listening to us, I touted him here as my number one running back in 2019. Yes, sir. And he ran for 1,387 yards and 15 touchdowns, man. He also added 116 catches for 1,005 yards and four touchdowns. Now, look, we did this last week with Lamar, so I couldn't help myself but do it for CMC. If you take just the rushing production, so leaving out the receiving work, CMC was the RB6, one spot ahead of Nick Chubb. If you take just the receiving production, he was the wide receiver 16, one spot ahead of Jarvis Landry. The man was basically the Browns' top two fantasy scorers at one position. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's Look, better than your favorite I mean, receiver. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Look, man, he's durable. Um, he, got, he even got mad. Do you remember he got mad at himself for catching a cramp last year?
0: Yeah, yeah. He, he, he apologized to his teammates and stuff like that. Like, it's crazy. He still had a it's 98.4% crazy. snap share as well in all those games.
1: <laughs> yeah, man. So I, I find it very hard hard-pressed not to take this guy at the 101 man like i just can't it's just you're 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 being too cute if you don't take him with the yeah. 101 especially now that we know zeke The the antibodies the half-life of the antibodies is about to like it's like 50 days 52 days something like that you know you're you're just getting cute if you don't take cmc yeah standard man. full ppr half point ppr you know two quarterback i'd i'd even make don't, an argument don't. there don't. like
0: <laughs> yeah it, it don't matter like new situation you got teddy bridgewater He's not known as a deep guy thrower. He's going to be dumping it off to CMC. Getting He's going to get close to that 100 reception number again. So I, I see I no, mean, no reason you know, why he you can't repeat what he did last year.
1: I mean, look at, like you said, Teddy Bridgewater. Look at where he came from, New Orleans, and look what he was doing, throwing the ball to Alvin Kamara. Yep. You know, you, look at the OC, Joe Brady. Who was, where was he? LSU oh what'd they do throw the ball to Clyde Edwards Hilaire like yep. CMC is gonna he's gonna get he's gonna be involved in the past game like he was last week the only the only only question I have for CMC only question is this is a new coaching staff we don't know if they're gonna use him you know play him at that 99 or 98 snap share and that's the only thing but obviously I'm not gonna be I'm not thinking about that when I draft him like I'm really not
0: yeah Nah. uh He's such game, you know, game script independent. He doesn't matter what the score is. I, I think they the uh, Panthers scored three points one game. He still ended up with like twenty fantasy <laughs> points. It's ridiculous. <laughs> like I've never seen such a thing. Like this man is amazing. Yeah, uh, he's bonafide number one guy.
1: Yeah, man. All right. I'm glad we agree on that, and I'm sure we agree on the number two guy because yeah. uh, that you're a Giants fan. So I'm, a, you know, go ahead, man. Go ahead. Who's number two, Greg?
0: Oh man, you already know Saquon. Saquon Barkley. You know, finish the year with 217 carries, got 1,003 yards and six touchdowns in the rushing department, and then in receiving, got 52 receptions for 438 yards and two touchdowns in 13 games, had a banged up season, but still putting up those numbers, averaged 16.8 fantasy points per game, that still finishes RB6, you could arguably he's the most talented running back in football, this man, his rookie year with the full 16 games, had 91 receptions, on 121 targets, that's CMC numbers right there if you talk to me. So I, I like Saquon here, Uh definitely as far as, you know, carrying this roster and talk about the continuity that you will have with this roster because all these guys will be healthy. What we talked about in the quarterback breakdown episode, all those guys the Giants have, he should be in favorable, you know, going against favorable defensive alignments, and he should you know be able to get big plays like he does every year with Danny Dimes.
1: Yeah, man! I this guy had two thousand yards as a rookie, two thousand total yards. Um, you know, it wasn't the thousand and a thousand that CMC got last year, but it was two thousand total. He was the first rookie running back to do that. Mm-hmm. Also scored fifteen touchdowns. Um, I just think I really, really hope that we see something, and I'm, I'm, I'm almost banking on it. Um, you know, Jason Garrett, he's the new OC coming to town. I think we might see something that we've never seen from Saquon, and that's see him get to 300 carries. His rookie year, he was with 261. Last year, he was 217, like you said. Zeke, in his career in Dallas, averaged 20.9 carries per game, so basically 21 carries a game. And the only season he didn't get to 300 was in 2017, when he missed six games with a suspension, but he still got to 242. Saquon averages 16.9. 5 attempts the last two years now if he can get to the 1920 and break the 300 carry mark saquon who by the way averages a 4.8 yards per carry in his career is the kind of back capable of having a great fantasy season not unlike what we've seen from guys like david johnson or todd Gurley or lev bell in the past or even what we saw from christian mccaffrey last year i think we can see big things from this guy in 2020 it might sound crazy but I want the number two pick in almost every draft I'm in just so I could take this guy because that's how confident I am in him this year.
0: Yeah, no, I see him having a huge year. Especially for you know a young quarterback, the number one thing for one, young quarterbacks have a dominant running back behind you. You could dump off and get those checkdowns, or to just give it to when you know you want to slow things down. So he's he's gonna get those touches number for sure. He should get close to the three hundred number or above that. And yeah, I think he should you know dominate this year with the the Giants and definitely get big plays. That's that's a big thing that Saquon does. Mm-hmm. You know, one mm-hmm. one play he can get a sixty yard touchdown just like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, like you said, man, he's the he's the most talented by far the most talented running back in the league. Um, you know, when you just look at his his size, his speed, his explosiveness, his leaping ability, his ability to, to, to work in the pass game. Like he's everything that you could want in in a running back. So, um, yeah, this guy this guy's a stud, man. Yes, sir. All right, number number three, um, that's that's easy, man. That's Zeke Elliott, right? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. A lot of much to say about this man? I mean, we could talk about Dak and all the weapons in the past game and all that stuff. But if this offense is a Ferrari, then this guy right here—he's the engine that makes it go, man. When Zeke scores two—I think I shared this with you uh, off air—but when Zeke scores either two rushing touchdowns or he or he runs for over 120 yards, the Dallas Cowboys in, in his career are 22 and two. Come on, man.
0: Come on. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> winning formula right there. Right? That's winning you- the
1: formula. It's e- again, it's either two rushing touchdowns or 120 yards rushing, but he's 22-2, and the and Vegas has the Cowboys projected for nine and a half wins, so that's some good uh, potential game script for this man right here, and if you, oh, you know, the, I, I wrote this in before the study came, but uh, <laughs> I'm going to leave that part out. <laughs> <laughs> But uh in, in full port PPR he drops one spot. Um, but in half her standard I have him here. So just be mindful of that. But um yeah, man, you, what do you gotta say about this man, Zeke? I know I know he's a cowboy, you don't wanna you know you got two cowboys in your top three. That's crazy. That's no, crazy, man. I mean
0: they, they were a very prolific offense. Like, you know, you, you could you know, make the argument that, you know, he's just such a safe player. He's the safest player in fantasy, like uh mm-hmm. this man is the 300 carry man he's done that 3 of the 4 seasons he was in the league he it probably would have been 4 of the 4 if he didn't get suspended in 2017 he's just a, such a reliable back you know rb4 we talked about uh in fantasy as far as total points per game he's he's game script independent uh, and yeah, this is Zeke. He was number one in red zone touches last year. You talked about those two touchdowns. He's going to get the red zone touches. He was number one amongst r- running backs last year. So, uh, that's a, that's a good number for him. That's a, a great number to get touchdowns. He's, he's, game script independent as well. He averaged and he's, you know, well in the, uh, passing game. Averages eighty-three targets and sixty-five point five receptions over the past two seasons, so he's getting involved there. Uh, yeah, Zeke is the man. He's you know a cowboy. I, you know he. I like to see him on the field because I like to see great players on the field. So you know I just like to see him losing against my Giants. That's all.
1: Yeah, man, I I could totally get behind that. Yeah. Um. No, nah, Zeke is definitely one of the safest players in fantasy. I yep. mean, yep. his the the floor and the ceiling are you know so close to one another but when he booms you know he could he's still capable of that 30 point game don't sleep
0: nope absolutely yep
1: um all right man so let's run through these top eights because you know clearly we both have uh cmc saquon at two and zeke Elliott at three Mm -hmm. but i'm sure it gets a little bit different after that so I'll, i'll i'll go with mine and then i'll let you um release yours but at four i've got alvin kamara at five i've got dalvin cook At six, I have Nick Chubb. At seven, I got Derrick Henry, and at and at eight, I got Clyde. That was
0: hilarious. Ooh, what the uh, The spiciness at the end. I like that. Mm
1: -hmm. Uh huh. Mm -hmm.
0: All right, I got you know a (laughs) a little similar. You know, at four, I got Alvin Kamara. Uh, five, I have Dalvin Cook. Um, six, I have Derrick Henry, and then Nick Chubb at seven. So the flip flop. And then I ate, okay. I got my man, Austin Eckler, you already know, Ooh. yes sir.
1: Oh, oh, I can't wait to dig into this episode, <laughs> man, it's going to be a good one, it's going to be a good one, Um, I mean, we, sh- I, I, I do want to talk about Clyde, but I don't want to talk about Clyde, because oh, I mean, we can talk about okay. Clyde, we can you talk know. about Clyde later, we'll talk Clyde, about Clyde, Clyde later, Clyde's,
0: so. Clyde's been one of my picks, that's is, this is all I got to say, you know. Yeah. So okay, okay, okay.
1: All right. Let's just start, man. So who's your who, who's your running back bus, man? Because I know mine's a little hot takey. So you might need to you know grab the pepto bismol or the tums or whatever you need because it's going to be a lot. So so Greg, to let you go first?
0: Uh. So my bus this year. I mean, I think you know I think going with James Conner, honestly. You know he finished mm. twenty nineteen as RB thirty three as far as total points. Only played ten games. This man was always dinged up. Uh, you know, anyone that had Jalen Samuels or, or Benny Snell on their roster, uh, you know, could have accidentally put him in their lineup, and you know, he, they he, they ended up being in, being the starter. That's how crazy it was. Because James Conner, even the games he played, he would just leave early or uh, get get dinged up. Um, so he wasn't bad as far as fantasy points per game. He uh, was right around where Marlon Mack was. But uh, I, I th- so I think he'll still be you know a top thirty running back. But right now he's going against RB nineteen in round three uh, you know, going ahead guys like Mark Ingram, nah, I'm not doing that. Are you serious? Uh Nah, not getting that. (laughs) (laughs) He's going, you know, above guys like David Montgomery, who I I also wouldn't agree with that. So I think the ADP scares me a little bit, uh, to take him in the third round for a person that over his career, not just, you know, you know, being the injury pump player. Every player gets you know could get injured as possible, but James Conner is consistently getting banged up. Uh, and I think that because of that, they are going to use their other you know, running backs spread it, uh, the, the carries and the receptions a little bit more. They still have Jalen Samuels. They still have Benny Snell. And they drafted Anthony McFarlane, you know, a little sleep, sleep action. Uh, so I think that um, that's going to bode well for, you know, all the running backs to get some action. And um, I think James Conner is going to not finish as a top 20 RB.
1: Yeah, man, I could get behind that. Um, again, just preface, just I guess we already started, but we don't believe that these players are bad players, we don't think they suck. Not nope. all the time. Um, we just think that they're being overdrafted based on their their current their current average draft position. But James Conner, yeah, man, I, he's somebody. Look, death, taxes, James Conner getting hurt in a primetime game. Um, <laughs> those things all guaranteed. Um, James Conner, man, he, like, I, like I just even when I was doing projections, I just couldn't project this guy for a sixteen game season. And when you do, it's nice. It looks pretty. Oh, absolutely. Right, but you just can't do it because he's never done it um you know look injuries happen like you said but at one point or another we got to realize that a man's just injury prone um you know I I I hate to label somebody that as such but James Connors always getting hurt
0: yeah and you would think the Steelers would make to adjust kind of to that and kind of try to keep him on the field so spread it out a little bit more
1: I mean, they could, they, they they definitely could do that. But Mike Tomlin, he's always talked about running his offense through one guy.
0: Mm.
1: Um, so, you know, James Conner's a free agent after this year. So maybe they just say, "Oh, screw it. <laughs> Let's <laughs> just run this guy into the ground and then not pay him <laughs> after. Um, so I don't know. Either way, you're right, man. I don't want to touch him at this price. But I'm stalling. All right, guys. <laughs> Again. I think this player is a good player. <laughs> Just, I think they're being overdrafted. My, my running back, Buss, little hot takey, Josh Jacobs. Woo. Um, Again, I preface this by saying Josh Jacobs is a great running back. He's capable of being a three-down back. He showed that last year, catching 20 out of 27 passes. And you can see it on his film even going back to the University of Alabama. And if you feel a buck coming, well, it's because there is one coming. Yes, sir. But the Las Vegas Raiders have added Devontae Booker, who in the last two years has twice as many targets, 60, as he does running back carries at 34. Then you consider the Raiders brought back Jalen Richard, who last year had 10% of the, the team targets with 43. And then the Raiders also added Lynn Bowden, uh, running back uh, via the third round of the, of the draft. Out of the University of Kentucky who's transitioned from quarterback to wide receiver in college and now wide receiver to running back in the NFL. So the Raiders have surrounded Jacobs with three potential pass catching running backs, which leads me to believe that he'll miss out on some of this passing game work. Now, again, this is a guy that can lead the NFL in rushing. He has that kind of ability. But I have the Raiders falling under the seven and a half line set by Vegas with a projected one total of seven finishing fourth in their division, which means they might fall uh, victim to some negative game script. Uh, J- uh, Jacobs averaged 18.6 carries last year in, in Raiders uh, total, but in Raiders wins, that, that number jumps to 22 per game. In Raiders losses, he averages 15 carries per game. Uh, so without that guaranteed pass game work, I can't buy Jacobs at his current price of RB7 to RB10, depending on where you look. Now, Jacobs finishes the RB13 on points per game basis and half point PPR, but I've got Jacobs right outside my top 12 he could definitely return value if you get him outside of that range, but not at the current price that he's going. Um, the price for Jacobs right now is almost at a ceiling. And if you don't draft Jacobs, I'm like, I'm not saying don't draft Jacobs. That's definitely not what I'm saying here. I'm, I'm saying I wouldn't draft him over guys like Kenyon Drake or Miles Sanders or Aaron Jones or even a Joe Mixon. Uh, all guys I know will be involved in the pass game to some degree. And that's what's happening right now. Uh, those He's going ahead of those guys. Now, if you're in standard scoring, look, RB seven price. That's lovely for 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 Josh Jacobs. But full PPR, I've got him falling even further out of my top out of my top 12. So, um, yeah, that's that's my bust again. Don't hear what I'm not saying. I like the player. I love the player, Josh Jacobs. I I think he's good. Um, it's just that you know when I'm picking this high in the draft, I'm picking a running back this early. He's going off of the board. It's like the 109. Yeah, Like like when I'm picking a running back that early, like I need somebody that's going to be game script proof um, that I know is going to be on a good offense or a good team um, and won't get game scripted out of their, uh, out of their offense.
0: Yeah. That's it. I'm coming around to that a little bit more. I think, you know, Josh, I think just the names that uh, I can think of to go definitely Joe Mixon. I I would like to take him over Josh Jacobs. Um, You know, even I still take, you know, Leonard Fournette. I would argue he's around just around that level. I uh, just think, you know, he'll get Leonard Fournette was getting all those carries last year. And he dominated well as far as, you know, getting into the, the end zone and stuff like that. So, uh, and see in Hilaire, I'll still take, I think him, he's shooting up. I'm going to take him over Josh Jacobs as well.
1: Yeah, man. Um, okay. All right. I-, I got that out. I was stressing this one all week. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, man, no man, we're gonna get a lot of slack. I hear it now, yeah.
1: <laughs> this is like it's like Derrick Henry all over again, man. I can feel it. <laughs> all right, man, who's your running back sleeper this year?
0: Uh, so I got a I got a mid round one and I got a one deep one until we talk about all those other ones later, but definitely mid round. Gotta go Mark Ingram, man. It's it's crazy. He's gonna RB twenty one in the fourth round. I think he's just, you know, he's he's like a, the Chris Carson of before, like just getting straight disrespected, but he's he's going to finish, you know, I guess almost, I think he's going to finish as a top 12 running back. This man finished RB8 as far as total fantasy points last year, and, you know, as far as uh, fantasy points per game in a half point PPR league in a top two offense, in my opinion, and that dominated the ground. Number one in run plays per game. I see no reason why they shouldn't fade from that as well. They're going to be top three in run plays per game with Lamar Jackson back there. Uh, and this man is going outside the top 20. Like, it's it's crazy. Uh, they drafted J.K. Dobbins, but, you know, as we talked about before, let's not go crazy on rookies and the output just yet. Um, we thought Justice Hill was going to be intriguing, and Mark Ingram still dominated. <laughs> he was top 10 in red zone touches. He was top five in total touchdowns last year, 20th in carries at 201. And, you know, his efficiency numbers are, are excellent because he was only on the field for 49, 50 percent of the time. So if, for him to put up those numbers with a, a very like a medium snap share, I take his ADP all day in the fourth round. Give me that Mark Ingram all day.
1: Yeah, man, I like that one a lot, too, man. We talk about Mark Ingram all the time on this show, uh, you know, criminally underrated ADP Fact. Um, you know he's he, like you said in a good offense he's gonna get those goal line carries which is what's what really matters in football is those touch in fantasy football those touchdowns right yep. so who's who's your other sleeper man the late round sleeper you got D
0: brown you know i, I gotta go latavius murray uh you know this just, just going through the pain last year of drafting kamara <laughs> and not having latavius murray and just also just latavius murray's been i just i don't know something since 2015 he's had at least 140 carries And he's had at least five touchdowns. And every year since 2015, Uh he's going as running back 44 right now in the 10th round. Uh, it's worth that flyer. I'll take that all day. Um, you, you talk about a guy who's gonna be in a potent offense uh, with Kamara, and he's gonna you know get his carries. He's I can see him getting another at least hundred carries this year again. Uh, he finished as RB 29 in total fantasy points last year in half point PPR. Uh, Latavius Murray is just a solid back, and God forbid anything happens to Alvin Kamara, you have a bona fide RB one. So I, I like I like Latavius Murray in his spot every year.
1: Yeah, man. We talked about it when we did the mock draft episode. Uh go back and listen to that one if you'd like. But the Latavius Murray is like the highest upside handcuff in fantasy football. Yep. Like has to be. Has to be. Um you could even start him in games where you know the Saints are like twelve point favorites or something like that, yep. right? So like yep. Um Yeah, I, I like I like that one a lot. <clears throat> All right, man. My running back sleeper, how life comes full circle, man, Ooh, it's it's Ronald Jones.
0: Oh, this yeah. very
1: show last year, I was I was blasting Ronald Jones, blasting this man as I as I touted Peyton Barber as a potential 14th round sleeper. Now I've got Rojo here as my sleeper in 2020. Greg, if you had to guess, where did Rojo finish money, among, among running backs last year in total points?
0: Hmm, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go RB 26 something like that. Wow!
1: That he finishes exactly the RB twenty
0: six. Oh, let's go! Let's go! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> wow,
1: that's crazy. Um, yeah, he finishes RB twenty six on a bad on a, a Tampa Bay offense that was led by Jameis Winston, who threw thirty interceptions. Uh, you know Jones in this inefficient offense still managed a thousand yards from scrimmage and six touchdowns. This offense under Tom Brady should be more efficient than this. I'm projecting the Bucks to be a good team this year. I see them winning 10 games, and that should bode well for Rojo in the run game. Last year, Rojo averaged 9.4 half-point PPR points per game, but Rojo only played 37.5% of the snaps last year. And if you look at the games in which he played more than 47% of the snaps, there was just six of them, but if you look at those games, Rojo averaged 15.3 half-point PPR points per game, which during those weeks made him the RB4. Mm. I've got Rojo inside my top 30. Uh, he's going off the board as the R B thirty three on fantasy football calculator. And when you're picking a running back that late, like I want a guy that through talent and situation could land in the top eighteen or maybe even the top twelve. And so I think Rojo has that kind of upside. I did move I did uh I did end up moving him down a little bit because the Bucks did sign LaShawn McCoy. Um, but that's only should that should only put a dip in his ADP, so that's eventually gonna be baked into his price once we hit drafts. True. Um but all in all, man, I'm I'm buying this man in twenty twenty.
0: Yeah, I, I like that. We we drafted him in our a mock draft episode actually. Um we were confident about that, especially for a potential top five offense. You you want a guy like Rojo that's, you know, gonna potentially get red zone carries and Shady McCoy, he's an older back. Um I can't you know, can't see him getting relied on too much so you know i i see ronald jones still stepping up in a, in a big way
1: yeah man i mean if you look at this you know look at these patriots offenses too right like we had sony michelle and james white like yep. i think i think LaShawn mccoy is probably going to come in here to take some of that pass game work um but who knows bruce arians is is weird and he could he you know we saw him give CJ CJ uh, Chris Johnson all these carries over <laughs> over David true. Johnson. <laughs> so <laughs> so um but you know Tom Brady is a little bit different. I think he's going to want he's going to want the younger guys. The guys are in there to move the chains and I think Rojo does that um especially around the goal line, man. This guy's. I think he's going to be money once we once we get to the once they, they get to the red zone.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um and you know this is a real take cuz I hated Rojo last yeah, year. I was yeah, not on him. <laughs> Yeah, like one
0: so, early round draft pick as far as you know coming out of college. Yeah, I remember you saying, "Yeah, Rojo's not even a good football player." Like he was struggling. <laughs> he was struggling in camp though, from reports and stuff. So yeah, uh, definitely full circle.
1: Yeah, man. Um, all right, bro. So that running back breakout. I know this is this is about to be fun. This part oh, right here is going to be uh, real fun.
0: Yeah, I guess this is a really popular one for me. I mean, a really popular one for everybody right now, especially after the Damian Williams news. It's, it's got to be Clyde Edwards-Hilaire uh mm-hmm. right now he's currently going as rb20 in round four for coding to Fantasy football calculator but i'm telling you by next week that's probably gonna be definitely oh like, yeah you know, three, <laughs> maybe round two like his adp is soaring right now uh it's very popular i up, think you know, it'd right be
1: range. i think it'll be like top five <laughs> the <laughs> yeah, hype man. is crazy right I now
0: wild right now uh just you know a number one running back in andy reed's offense you know it's, it's a bona fide rb1 it's been that way so far, and in, in general, since he was with the Eagles, since you know, back with uh Brian Westbrook, so I expect him to finish in the top 12. I see him as like a you know, Darren Spose 2.0. When I look at him on tape, uh, he had 215 carries in his final year at LSU. Uh, he averaged 6.6 yards per carry in the SEC, as well as getting 55 receptions and averaged 8.2 yards per reception in the SEC. So he's capable of doing you know, being a bell cow running back. Getting those touches, uh, getting close to over, you know, over 200 touches, um, especially with his size. I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, be phased by that at all. This man's a tough guy. People have been down on him all his career. and He's just been you know doing what he's got to do. Um, so I believe he can get that 200-touch plus mark. Um, DeAndre Washington, is, I think it's worth taking a late-round fly with him. Shout-out to him. He played at Texas Tech
1: with Mahomes. But,
0: yeah, I mm-hmm. think that Clyde and Edwards-Hilaire is going to be a guy that, you know, this year, possibly, and next year, is going to be drafted at the top of the, you know, the first, I mean, second and third rounds, like, easily. So, I'm going to go with my man, CEH.
1: Yeah, man, I, I like that one a lot. I, I think we had talked about Clyde as a potential breakout even before the Damian Williams news. And, yep. you know, then the Damian Williams news hit. So, you know, breakout's done. It's happened, I guess. Yeah. You, <laughs> Draft now. I'm saying it. If you, play, if you play in a fantasy league or a dynasty league, Just go shop Clyde and see what you can get. I'm serious. Because I've seen some crazy trades on Twitter. (laughs) Some crazy... Someone traded Alvin Kamara straight up for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Like, it's crazy. I can
0: see, yeah. After week one, if he has a big week, yeah, he would be... Oh Yeah, I I, I think I would shop him, too. Yeah. (laughs) Good call. Yeah,
1: I mean, rookie running backs... uh, First-round rookie running backs in their... uh, You know, going over the last 10 years, uh, averaged 214 carries in the season. So... I was projecting Clyde for that before this news, and you know I think what this does, it gives him more of the passing game work because I think that's where Damian Williams really made his money was in the pass game with, mm-hmm. with Patrick Mahomes. So, um, yeah, and I like this one a lot. Uh, man, I'm going to the rookie to the rookie running back well as well for my, my running back breakout. That's Jonathan Taylor, second-round pick for the Indianapolis Colts, and this mm-hmm. man right here is a freak of nature. I'm talking in the Saquon Barkley sense. Mm-hmm. JT is 5'10", 226 pounds. Ran 4.39 in the 40-yard dash. Compare that to Saquon, who's at who at six foot, 233 pounds, ran 4.4. And man, the comparisons don't stop there. Both these guys had a crazy college production, each scoring over 50 touchdowns in their respective careers. Both going over 5,000 total yards. J.T. actually had more than 6,400 yards in just three more games than Barkley. Now, I've shared this on the show before, but JT is a 94th percentile prospect in my running back model over the last three years. And the only names above him are guys that all have first round draft capital, which all you dynasty players out there know is important. And I know for sure JT had JT been a first round pick. He would have been the highest rated prospect in my running back model sliding in ahead of none other than Saquon Barkley. So obviously JT went in the second round. Um, But that doesn't change the fact that this man's a generational prospect at the position in the mold of Barkley He may not have the pass catching prowess that Barkley had when he was coming out of Penn State But that doesn't mean JT can't catch the ball He just wasn't asked to do it very much at Wisconsin And so he comes to a Colts team that has one of the best offensive lines in the NFL The Colts offensive line according to PFF was third in 2019 as a unit But but uh, they were second in run blocking grade PFF has them ranked as a top ten offensive line in the NFL coming into the 2020 season, with four out of their five starters having ranked in the top ten of PFF grades at their respective positions in 2019. The part of the reason I'm projecting the—that's uh, part of the reason right there—that I'm projecting the Colts to to win the AFC South and hit the over on the eight and a half win uh, win total set by Vegas. The Colts were fifth in team rushing attempts last year and tied for second with Tennessee in neutral neutral game rushing rate at 48 percent. It was clear. Um, <clears throat> it was clear last year that the Colts wanted to be a running team, and they doubled down on that when they traded up in the draft to select Jonathan Taylor. Now things aren't all sunshine and rainbow, rainbows for JT uh, for his in his twenty twenty outlook. He obviously has Marlon Mack in front of him, who's talented in his own right. But I do believe that this will eventually become JT's backfield. The hope is that it happens sooner rather than later. J.T. is being drafted ahead of Marlon Mack, going off the board in the 6th to 7th round as a high-end RB3. If I pick a guy like J.T., then then maybe I swing around and pick a guy like Rojo or Jordan Howard to buy me some time until J.T. takes the reins. But this is a guy who next year will be selecting in the first round of fantasy drafts.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I like that, especially for a keeper league or dynasty leagues. If you get him uh, in in those mid-rounds, especially those leagues that control your keeper, uh, like say you can only take him like, uh, keep it have a player keep after a fifth round of uh, blow yeah jonathan terry is gonna be there uh he i think he was you know the most talented back when i was looking at, at all the running backs coming out of college jt was you know the best running back i think coming out so i i like yeah. him a lot. i like that pick
1: in terms of p- best pure runners i mean yeah. it's got it was definitely jt man yeah, he balled out um yeah, and the thing I liked about him, too, is, like I said, it's not that he can't catch. He just wasn't asked to do it. I remember watching him at the combine, watching his workout. That was the thing I was most interested in watching. Um, you know, he—a lot of running backs, you could tell when they can't catch because they'll let the ball come into their body. JT was full extension with the arms, man. So uh, I like that a lot. That just shows me that he can do it. You know, maybe he can't go out there and run all the routes that maybe a CMC or a Saquon Barkley can run, but, you know, just— his ability to be on the field in those situations. I think it will be important.
0: We ride together. We die together.
1: All right, man, rider dies. You know what it is, Greg? who's, who's your rider die for the 2020 season,
0: man? Oh man. You know, I got to stick in that, that, that Saints backfield. It's gotta be my man, Alvin Kamara. Uh, Mm. this, This man, you know, if Saquon didn't exist, he, he'd probably be my favorite player to watch. Honestly, he's such an electric flying player. Uh, and when he gets going, when he gets grooving, man, it just feels like he's toying with opponents out there. Honestly, he's he's so he's so shifty. He's so elusive. Uh, I think he's just, you know, one of my favorite players to watch. Uh, he was RB nine in fantasy points per game last season, you know, banged up throughout the year. But I think he's just, you know, I think he's the most important player to the Saints success, honestly. Uh, and I think they don't they don't make that next step to the Super Bowl uh, other than the refs without, you know, Kamar, you know. So I think think they are going to need him. Um, and, you know, he's he's going to get the the touches number we talked about uh, and 200 plus and be able to get those 70, to, actually 81 receptions. 81, every, last, year. 81 <laughs> every year. 81 every year. So, yeah, Alvin Kamara that guy. And best part about it, contract year, baby. Let's go. So my man's know, trying to get paid. Kumar. Yes, sir. You know, you know, Kamara's trying to get paid. He saw what CMC got. He saw what other top running backs around the league are getting. He, he's going to cho- prove why he deserves that money. This is Alvin Kamar, baby. Let's go.
1: Oh, man. I I, I love Alvin Kamar. Love yeah, man. this, man. I got <laughs> to ride with him. Got to ride with yeah. that guy. All right, man. My ride or die for 2020. I think you already know, man. But it's Nick Chubb, bro. That's my guy right here. I'm projecting yeah, him to lead the yeah. league in rushing with over 1,500 yards. I currently have him ranked as my RB6. He's going off the board in the, art, in the 8 to 10 range. Right around the turn, so if you're telling me I could take this guy who I have ranked well ahead, well ahead of Josh Jacobs, after Josh Jacobs, then to me that's just great value right there. Now, Greg, we talked about this, how Jacobs and, and Chubb are essentially the same player in their, as in the fact that they're talented three-down running backs who are capable of playing that role. The only question is, mm-hmm. will they get that passing game work? But Chubb, Chubb finished as the RB6 last year, and even in games in which Hunt was available, he finished in the top 12 during that time span. So his price is not egregious, uh, and this isn't a projection. This is this is just who Chubb is. He, he ran for 1,494 yards last year. He'll run for just over 1,500. I think he'll run for just over 1,500 th- this year, and I think the Browns are going to win potentially eight to nine games this year and, and make the playoffs. Remember, Kevin Stefanski, new head coach, is coming from Minnesota where where we saw Dalvin Cook operate as a workhorse back. We did see Madison involved, and I think we see Hunt involved too, especially as a receiver. But in those games when they need to close it out or when they need to get down near the goal line, the Browns are going to lean on Chubb as their hammer. And while I describe Chubb as a hammer at 5'11", 227 pounds, do not get it twisted. Chubb can do it all, man. Last year, Chubb was first in breakaway runs. Those, those are runs over 15 yards at 17, so basically one a game, or more than one a game. He was second in evaded tackles with 96, basically six per game, and he was third in goal line carries. All this according to player profiler. He had 50 targets at the position last year, so he's not Derrick Henry in the past game. And I also love the additions the Browns have made to their offensive line. They added Jack Conklin to be their right tackle, and he had the sixth highest run blocking grade at the offensive tackle position according to PFF in 2019 they also added offensive tackle dredrick wills from alabama with their first round pick and when i watched this guy on tape he was a dominant run blocker and so he'll slide in as a left tackle and be an instant force for for chubb in this browns running game i think we saw what the floor is on chubb but i doubt we've seen the ceiling yet i think i have more shares of this player right now than than any other player um and before this draft season's up i'm hoping to get some more man
0: yeah, I like that. I like that you talk about the the big play runs. You know, I i I put a lot of effort, I mean emphasis into that. You know, play guys that can you know make their game in one day. That's all you really need. You know, that's, mm-hmm. that's that's good, especially if you're struggling throughout the day. Um, so yeah, guys like him, Saquon. Uh, that's that's pretty good for that. Um, yeah, Nick Chubb, Alvin Kamara, these guys. Yeah, I'm 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 gonna go get Alvin Kamara in some leagues. I got to gotta to put my money where my mouth is. So yeah, I, I like that Nick Chubb pick a lot. Brown should be a better. Team and uh, better offense in general this year.
1: Oh yeah, I mean I definitely put my my money where my mouth is. I, I put a bet down for Nick Chubb to lead the league in rushing. That's what I have him mm, projected I like to that. do. So uh, yeah. send I had about go. at
0: least like three Nick Chubb memes a day. So yeah, definitely <laughs> all about Nick Chubb.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I definitely do send Greg like six Nick Chubb uh, three Nick Chubb memes a day. So that's not that's not false. All right, so of the guys last year who finished in the top twelve, who's most likely to fall out, man? Uh, so, Christian McCaffrey, Aaron Jones, Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, Zeke Elliott, Nick Chubb, Mark Ingram, Austin Eckler, Chris Carson, Leonard Fournette, Todd Gurley, or Saquon Barkley.
0: Mm, that's tough, but I think I'm gonna go with. I think I'm gonna go with Aaron Jones. I think I'm gonna go with Aaron Jones. Uh, it was either it was either him and Todd Gurley, but uh, I think I'm leaning towards. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with Aaron Jones. I uh, just, you know, the touchdown number was very, very high last year. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I I'm, I'm kind of skeptical if he was gonna able to be, do that. I think I got him right outside the top twelve, honestly. But yeah, you know, I have him at so thirteen. He'll finish as a, a a solid, very yeah, very solid RB two uh, or you know low in RB one. So I just think that or, or or Todd Gurley. So honestly, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, ha- I
1: actually have Todd Gurley. Um, as a candidate to fall out of the top 12. Um, I got Leonard Fournette as well as a candidate. He's he's the first guy I looked at when I thought about this list. Um, mm-hmm. I know we talked about it before with Chris Thompson potentially being a threat to him in the past game, coming over yep. to play with Jay Gruden. So that's I think that's where that comes from for me. Um, but Todd Gurley is another one. And then um, I threw Mark Ingram's name down. You know, I don't think, obviously, I... I like he finishes RB7 last year and he's another guy that had crazy uh uh you know goal line and touchdown production last year. Yes sir. So um you know I still think he finishes in the top the top 12 or the top 15 or top 18 of running backs. Um Right. I think that's definitely in his upside but I don't think he can do RB7 again.
0: Yeah, I think he still finishes in the top 12 but it's, I got him right at 10 uh so I think yeah just as far as the ravens are going to be winning again they're going to be winning a lot of games they're going to mm-hmm. be at the goal line he he's going to be getting at least you know games where he's two touchdowns so that's 14 points right there and half point ppr so uh i like that his chances for that
1: yeah no i can get behind that as well um all right man so there's some guys i guess i don't like I, I don't like them uh leonard Fournette, mm-hmm. devin singletary mm-hmm. i just i really devin singletary is mm-hmm. one that I, I just really don't like this year um and it has more to do with who's in his backfield than it has to do with him. But <clears throat> Leonard Fournette's going R B twelve at the two twelve and Devin Singletary's going R B eighteen at the three oh nine. So which one of these guys would you rather have?
0: I think I still rather have uh Leonard Fournette. I mm-hmm. just think that he just the the carries number is still gonna be there, honestly. Um, so I, I'm still I'm still there to buy that, even when um, which we call it, Frank Gore was on the roster. They still used him. I don't think they had you know full trust in Devin Singletary as far as you know being a bell cow guy. But uh, I think Leonard Fournette will still get as far as the ground game, not maybe in the receiving game. But he relies on that get those carries marks, So I'm I'm gonna still buy Leonard Fournette.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm. This this one's easy for me. I'm going Leonard Fournette on this one as well. I, I mean, like you said, he'll get the carry number. Maybe we can't count on the receiving work, but Devin Singletary, we're not even sure what he's gonna get right. Like. Right. We have no idea. I. I I mean, I guess we could just, you know, jump right to the next discussion on this one. But Devin Singletary versus Zach Moss. Like, I think that's a conversation that needs to be had. And I know, absolutely. Zach Moss is picking up more steam, um, but you know, he's going in like the tenth round of some drafts. uh, And you know, if you look at what Frank Gore did last year, you know, and if Zach Moss is filling that role, Frank Gore was getting like ten carries a game. You know, Mm -hmm. and so Zach Moss, who's younger, um, you know, more explosive um, than Frank Gore, which is at this point, 37 years old, not hard to do. But, um, you know, Zach Moss, I think he can fill that role. And then another thing that he brings, uh, because, you know, people are like, oh, well, Devin Singletary in the past game. Well, Zach Moss can also catch the ball. Uh, I mean, if you, uh, you know, he, you know, you may look at his height weight, you know, he's, you know, what, 5'10". Uh, 230 pounds or whatever he is, and you may say, "Oh, well, he, you know, he's a big bruiser." But this guy caught 66 passes in college. Um, he's he can be used in the pass game, and so you know, you got a guy who we already know is probably going to get the goal line work. Um, is going to get 10 carries a game, and could also catch the ball if needed. So if Devin Singlet, if anything happened to Devin Singletary, they decide to just you know, hey, let's go to this this guy because he can do everything. You know, then. And you can get him in the tenth round versus paying a you know paying a third or fourth round pick for Devin Singletary like that's easy for me yeah uh,
0: yeah I like that a lot that's you know kind of the, the argument you can make for that Latavius Murray Kamara thing um, yeah just a, a guy that you know late late uh, guy that you can get and can produce um in as far as ADP so yeah I like that
1: yeah I mean but I feel like so Alvin Kamara right like there's a guy who's going in the he's going top four. Right. And you know what yeah. you're going to get from Alvin Kamara. Like, there's never a concern, like, oh, Latavius Murray is going to outproduce Alvin Kamara so to the point no, where he's yeah, going to take his job. Like, I think work. Zach Moss could legitimately take this backfield. Like, I, that's yeah. possible. Right. Like, I yeah. don't think it's completely out of the question. So, um, you know, I, yeah, I just, I look at Devin Singletary's price and I'm like, nah, bro, I'm good. <laughs> All right, man. So we got to talk about uh, Carry On. He was your breakout running back last year. I know you've been in love with him. Ever since know, he was coming man. out of Auburn, you you Great. told me he was a he could he had Le'Veon Bell like potential with his running style, and he were not the first person to tell me that. Um, so, he, the 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 Lions have added DeAndre Swift, second round running back, who some some thought was the the top back in this class. Um, and so now he slides into a backfield with on Johnson. So what are you doing with that situation? Uh, both of these guys are. Uh, Both of these guys, ADP, let me pull it up. Uh, DeAndre Swift is going off the board as running back 38 in the eighth round. And carry on Johnson, I can't even find you.
0: Yeah, I think RB 27 in the sixth round.
1: Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So RB 27 for carry on and DeAndre Swift, RB 38.
0: Right outside the top twenty-five, uh, you know, I, I I like the situation. I like the, uh, the draft fights to carry on right now. It's not too crazy. Um, the way he, he finishes right outside the top twenty-five, um, especially with the team that you know right now. They're you know their players will be back, but they have a little outbreak going on with their their passing game. Um, so I think they might have to you know rely on both uh, carry on and DeAndre Swift. I uh, I can't see I can see how both backs can be involved and be effective so i could see both backs being top 30 uh, at the the end of the year um so I, i'm not you know sad on either draft first right now i do like deandre swift's adp a little more though
1: yeah I, I, that that was shocking to me i thought that deandre swift would have been going higher um yeah i actually have him slightly above carry on in my rankings uh just because i i'm projecting him to get that pass game work mm-hmm. um Carion's getting slept on though, man. I mean, the ADPs yeah. I guess isn't showing it, but uh, people are leaving him, you know, left for dead. Uh, Carion's talented. He's just hurt. He's just yeah. been hurt the last two years. But the guy is talented. Yes, yeah. um, he, he is. So I mean, I, yes, DeAndre Swift is going to come in and he could potentially take that pass game work. I mean, that DeAndre Swift ADP is wild. I might have to actually start getting more DeAndre Swift. At that yeah, ADP it's
0: it's, that's nice. That's real nice, especially <laughs> with somebody that, that has and, that yeah
1: that pass game upside too, right? It's like
0: yeah, yeah. Especially in full-point PPR league, he's got a lot of intrigue. Wow. Oh, okay.
1: Learn something new every day. Um, so yeah. So I mean, let's just not leave Carry On for dead. But yeah, let's scoop nah, up DeAndre nah. Swift at that at that ADP.
0: <laughs> yeah, <perfect. laughs> also let's talk about all these these oh man, these late round guys yo, Past, like old, round like ten or something. Like it's wild how many players out there you can get. You talk about Latavius Murray, Tariq Cohen's down there, I mm-hmm. uh, like him a lot, Boston Scott, you know how I feel about him. And and definitely uh Jamal Jamal Williams, uh, I like him is a, a lot. Jamal Williams, um he's going as the last running back in the draft. Uh, and he averaged nine point one fantasy points per game in half one PPR. That's comparable to guys like Tevin Coleman, uh, Kareem Hunt, Sony Michelle. So Jamal yeah. Williams, and I also I have a little you know uh, bearish on uh, which call it uh, Aaron Jones. So Jamal Williams, Matt Lafleur is still there, so he's going to use Jamal Williams.
1: Yeah, I mean that's totally unpredictable at this point, right? So like I think that he's worth the pickup at the end of a draft. Yeah. If you you know mm-hmm. you're maybe you're weak at running back or you're in a deeper league. I think Jamal Williams is definitely worth the pick up. Um, especially because, you know, he's somebody who's in the last year of his contract. And, again, you never want to pick somebody up thinking about, like, oh, well, what if he gets traded? But, like, Jamal Williams could get traded midseason, right? Like, that could happen. Like, let's say James Conner gets hurt again, and now the Steelers are like, hey, we need a running back, right? You yep. know, so, like, those kinds of things happen. Um, Chase Edmonds, I think, is somebody that's a high, high, high upside handcuff. He's going in like the eleventh round of drafts. Uh, you know, as we talked about previously, uh, Kenyon Drake. You know, he's in my he's in my top nine. I think you have him somewhere around there as well. Um, mm-hmm. He's somebody. You know, when when uh, he was the starter in Arizona, running backs behind him, David Johnson, they, they average, averaged like four and a half touches a game. Um, so whoever gets this this work this this role in Arizona is going to be a workhorse. But as we've seen from Kenyon Drake, he's not the most durable. He hasn't always been the most durable in his career. So, um, you know, somebody like Chase Edmonds could be a lottery ticket just sitting at the end of
0: your bench. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, definitely. And uh, you know, you know, I feel about Mark David Johnson. You know, all these couple of years, him and him and Le'Veon, I think, are going to have those years where you know they people are sleeping on him on them. Both those guys used to go one and two, and I think they're going to kind of show why. Their, their talent level and why they used to be, you know, two of the best running backs in football.
1: Yeah, man, I, I, I totally see that one. I mean, I got those guys back to back to back in my rankings, literally inside the top 20. Um, I think yeah. they're both values at, at where they're going right now. Yep. Uh, another sleeper I have, um, you know, Antonio Gibson is somebody that I had, you know, been picking up a lot in drafts. But Darius Geis is now healthy-ish, right? Like, it looks like he's healthy. He will be back. Uh, for camp this year. Uh, he's he's going off the board in the sixth round, so you're paying the price as if he's going to be healthy this year. Um, but if he is, this is a guy that's also talented, could also play in the pass game. Um, so that's somebody that's intriguing to me. I, yo, you didn't talk about Boston Scott?
0: Oh, yeah, I mentioned his name, but, yeah, let's, let's get into Boston Scott. Yo, Boston Scott, this man, <laughs> I'm you know, I'm already a little down on Miles Sanders as far as, you know, the, the touches per game because you know doug peterson historically hasn't really used a player like as as a workhorse back uh boston scott from week 14 on average 15 touches per game that's rb7 and that dan this man you know is gonna be i think kind of have some kareem hunt flavor going on going on so i, I like boston scott a lot and he's going rb 59 in the it's round crazy. 14 like crazy. give me him all day
1: all day um yeah i mean i'm i'm I've actually declared myself a Miles Sanders truther on Twitter recently, so um, I can't let you slander Miles Sanders like that. That's my top 10 <laughs> running back right there. He's actually my RB10. So, um, mm, mm, yeah. Make a little...
0: little, uh, little, little oh, bad. yeah, we could throw it in the jar. Be on
1: bet. Oh, we could throw it in the jar for sure. Oh, by the way, we uh, we have... We're we're doing this right. I just wanted to make sure. Oh yeah. I, okay. For sure. Yeah. So uh, we are gonna have a little. Uh, you know, Greg and I. If you've listened to us, we've been trying to figure out how to make these, how to you know make our conversations and our debates a little bit more interesting. So we want to put our money where our mouth is. So we're gonna have an imaginary jar, which we're gonna bet a dollar and put it in the jar. And at the end of the season, we're gonna donate that that the contents of that jar. So. Yes, sir. Um, so, we can do this dollar bet on Miles Sanders finishing as a top 10 runner back. Top hmm,
0: 10. Top. top 10. Yeah, okay. Top 10. I was <laughs> going to say RB12 for you, but, yeah, they'll do top 10. Oh, okay. I mean. No, 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 RB10, RB10. No, 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 we i good. RB10.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's where I have him ranked, so I got to put my money where my mouth is, right? Word. Um,
0: I also, ten or, if you- so, 10 or higher.
1: Ten or higher. So, also, if you follow me on Twitter, I did put out some takes on there as well. That I'm I'm going to. I've pledged ten dollars to Fantasy Cares for every take that I that I don't get right. Uh, And the four takes were: um, Terry McLaurin is a top twelve wide receiver. Uh, Ken uh, Rojo is a top twenty four running back. Uh, Dang, do you remember what the other one was, Greg? I I know I had jo- Joe Burrow is a top sixteen wide receiver or top sixteen quarterback, and then there was one more. I it
0: feel was, like I had oh, it was Miles Sanders.
1: It was Miles Sanders, a top oh, twelve no, running back. Yeah, it was Miles Sanders.
0: Oh, and Rojo. Yeah, okay. I'm oh, yeah, you're right. Yo. Yep. Yeah. Half point PPR scoring.
1: Half point PPR scoring. So, so for each one of those, I don't get right, I will I will donate ten dollars to Fantasy Cares. Um. So, all right, let's talk about this Rams running back real quick. I know we're up against it right now. But let's talk about this Rams running back situation. Um, Sean McVay, who, as we've declared on this show, is a liar. Um,
0: yes, he said that.
1: <laughs> he said that this is going to be a running back by committee, and he is carry. He he likes what San Francisco had done and all their multiple running backs, and that hopefully they eventually land on a guy. So that being said, Greg Cam Akers is going as RB35, the 805, uh, and then Daryl Henderson is, I oh, Daryl Henderson's going RB37 at the 806, and then Malcolm Brown's just not being drafted at all, so which of these guys are you in on, are you are you just avoiding this situation, like, what's going on here?
0: Yeah, I, I played with that 49er situation last year, and I don't think I want to do it, so I think... Think me personally, I'm I'm not gonna touch it, um, but for to not, I'm not gonna rely on it to have someone, you know, have you know both those guys or try to choose who's gonna be the guy, um, for week in and week out. I think I'm gonna wait to see, uh, who you know who's like kind of taking that momentum and maybe buy buy low or buy high or buy on maybe for a trade or something like that. But uh, yeah, I think I'm kind of gonna avoid it to start though. I love this. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. (laughs) Cause
1: I know Sean McVay is a liar. So, right. (laughs) And again, if you listen to us, uh, if you listen to me in the, in the off season, talk about dynasty, the only time teams can lie to you all day. Sean McVay can stand up there in a press conference and tell you he loves all his running backs equally. And that he's going to play them all. And they're all going to get the same amount of playing time and whatever. But the only time teams can't lie to you is on draft day. Because that's the yes, one sir. time where they tell you that's exactly how they feel about their team and their personnel. The the Rams did not have a first round pick. Their first pick in the draft was in the second round. The first player they selected, Cam Akers. So, again, I love Cam Akers as a as a as a as a prospect. If you look at his film at Florida State, he he pops off the film, and he he was used to playing with a bad offensive line, and this offensive line in in in. Uh, in LA is not that great either. Uh, I think Cam Akers br- also brings some juice in the pass game as well. So you know, before this news hit, you were having to pay a premium price for Cam Akers. Um, you know, even considering the situation that he's in with all these running backs. But you know, now I think this is this puts a dip in his ADP. Uh, he's going off the board, RB thirty-eight. Like I've got him ranked much higher than that. Uh, yeah, I'm buying. I'm buying Cam Akers. And hey, you know what? I don't think it's, I'm not saying that if I'm, if I'm, you know, I think Daryl Henderson makes a lot of sense, right? Because as we always know, like we think that we're right and we think that we know everything. But once we, once the season starts, like we find out that we really don't know everything. So, um, you know, I will have some shares of Daryl Henderson. I have picked up Malcolm because Malcolm Brown's free. He's free. (laughs) <laughs> like yeah, that's, true. <laughs> that's true. He's true. You don't have to pay anything for him, and you know, like in a off season like this, what if week one, you know, Sean McVay is just, hey, you know what? Let me go with what I know, right? Let me go with the guy I can trust, right? And he leans on Malcolm Brown that way, and you know, again, it's not it's not like you're drafting Malcolm Brown to be the guy for the season. You're drafting him to help you get through a couple weeks, right? Until you until you sort your running back situation out. But yeah, Cam, Cam Akers at, at that price, I think he's the guy that will eventually uh, take this backfield, and um, yeah, I, I like him a lot. So, yeah, all right, man. Yeah, I kind of oh. like what
0: you're doing. I just think, or oh, one more point, I just need to, to mm-hmm. Miami's backfield. Don't don't sleep on that. Oh yeah, yeah Jordan yeah. Howard, Matt Breida, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, I, I think actually that's a field I would like to invest in more, honestly. Yeah, I
1: mean that's a backfield. You're definitely paying a cheaper, a much cheaper price with for those guys, uh, Jordan Howard. Um, getting slept on, uh, as he as he does, and yep. you know I think that this is an opportunity. Jordan Howard's had like 250 carries basically everywhere he's yep. been, with the exception of last year in Philadelphia when he was basic when he you know hurt his shoulder, uh, and he he had to miss the rest of the season. But he was on pace to get to that 250. Um, you know, people are are trying to decide between Jordan Howard and Matt Breida. Um, as you know, Greg, I really dig into the offensive coordinators. You know, I'm really heavy here on, on in offensive coordinator analysis on uh, fantasy football diagnostics. So you know, I had to dig into this one. Um, so Chad mm-hmm. O'Shea was the OC for the for the Miami Dolphins. Apparently, there was some tension. Um, you know, players were, were did not. You know, they said meetings were disasters. Essentially, so he was fired after the season. Uh, then they brought in Chan Gailey. Who most recently was the New York Jets offensive coordinator? So you know I'm plugged in there. Um, so back in 2015, Chan Gailey was the OC. Do you remember who the quarterback was in 2015, Greg, for the Jets? Mm, I know pat- we've had a lot. It was Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs>
0: All right, cool, cool, cool.
1: Ryan Fitzpatrick. Who is the who is the who is the who is the quarterback for uh, the Miami Dolphins? Right. So then, if you think about that 2015 team. What did it have? It had Brandon Marshall at receiver. Oh, well, yes, do they have a big, tall receiver? Oh, Devontae Parker. Okay, that makes a ton of sense. They had Eric Decker, who played as a, a big slot receiver. And I think Preston Williams could obviously fit that role. But, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think to somebody who played in the slot a lot for for the Miami Dolphins, who was a big slot, that's Mike Gusecki. So I think that makes a ton of sense right there. And then, oh, the running back situation. Well, Chris <laughs> Ivory, he was a top 10 running back that year. Um you know running for 250 carries and if you remember Chris Ivory he was not involved in the past game but then we also had Bilal Powell, who scored over 10 point 10 uh, half point PPR points per game that year so that could be Matt Breida. so i think there's a formula here i think it makes sense um, you know maybe what i'm thinking about it is too is i'm thinking about it in a too too much of a simplistic way but uh, i think there's i think Jordan Howard brings great value and i think Matt Breida can also be useful uh, as we get through the season but don't don't forget we always used to call Matt Breida the the West Coast version of James Conner, so that That's could true. <laughs> it's very much in the cards right
0: there with that Matt Breida. Yeah, definitely more confident in the Jordan Howard stock for sleeper than yeah, Matt. Yeah,
1: Breida. yeah, I think Jordan Howard is a perfect guy. He's gonna he's gonna get, he's gonna get you through some weeks. He'll get you through some bye weeks or some injuries. You know, maybe yep. he's a guy that you can you can package with a another receiver on your bench or another running back on your bench to upgrade uh, your your flex spot like. You know he's he, he he provides a ton of value. Um, all right, man. Is there anything else? Because I know we're, we're we're really up against it. Actually went over a little bit. So um,
0: yeah, I think I think yeah, I covered it up. I, I had to make that last point, but yeah, we're we're good now. RB breakdown is fully covered.
1: All right, guys. So again, we really appreciate you guys listening. We've got a, a bunch of new listeners. Want to welcome you guys to the show. Um, yes, I hope 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 you got, hope that you all enjoy it. And don't forget, catch us in season. That's where we're at our best. Like right now, mm-hmm. you know, we're doing the breakdowns and all that stuff. That's cool. But in season, we go through every game. We go through every single matchup, every single possible fantasy nugget that could be in that game. Uh, whether you play Redraft, Dynasty, DFS, like you're going to want to know all of it. So come check us out. Um, we're you know we're gonna be up to back up to four times a week once we hit September. So yeah, you just make sure you're with us. And again, if you like what we're doing, just subscribe, rate, review us. Um, you know, leave a review. Uh, even if you have questions, DM us. You know where to find us on Twitter and Instagram at FF Diagnostics. Greg is at We underscore Made It on Instagram, and I'm at Jr Football Nerd on both platforms. Um, and yeah, as always. Have a good one, and we will catch you guys next week, and we are out.
0: We out.
1: Thanks for listening, and don't forget to come back next week as we break down the wide receiver position.